This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and we're back on the ether, well, the recorded ether to you today. It's just me and Dave, no more guests. We had to say goodbye to Rodolfi. Thank you again, Rodolfi, for joining us for so long. But we're in a new year, new episode, and same old me and Dave. Hi, Dave. Hello. Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, I guess that's applicable, I guess, but happy new year i mean after all the doom and gloom we just talked about in the last episodes well what is there to be happy about the things that are to be happy about are what we're about to discuss and uh with that let's let's dive straight on in um this is kind of inspired by a couple of uh, a couple of things that we saw uh floating around on the internet uh, Jon found an interesting article from the BBC, which is talking about how the uh, the the skills, unsurprisingly enough, that are still in demand are still in demand. Like who'd have thunk it? Uh, so, despite the fact that there is, uh, as you've said, a lot of uh, doom and gloom and, and things going on and uh, layoffs happening, um, skilled tech workers still get snapped up because there's still growth happening it's sort of kind of interesting and kind of not that this is <laughs> an article finally got rid of all of the ads on the page <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean it's pretty pretty logical as you said have and we've talked about this on podcast before right i mean if you have the right yeah. skills uh, i mean we did the retrospective on our own careers where we kind of uh enjoyed decent career paths because we kind of focused on skills that not only were in demand but also are expected to remain in demand and not focusing yep. on closed source single shot niche environments yeah but more focusing on platforms cultures if you like and yeah this just gives the same thing uh, we had the uh, episode a couple of couple of episodes ago about the 2022 layoffs mm -hmm. whether were necessary or not and we had of course Rodolfo giving his input there as well yeah and we also kind of uh, predicted that yes it's going to be a problem but there's still the economy is still working pretty well to be honest even though recession yeah. is looming or by the time you're hearing this maybe already be a fact of life but the, for some reason, the tech world kind of has its own little microcosm, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think some of it is also about like a focus on skills and things that are, frankly, transferable. Like the sort of having skills that are not, not just things that will be always in demand, but have as, as broad a reach and as broad uh, an applicability as possible is one of those other things. And I mean, the, the, there were a few things about the the article in particular that made me chuckle. Like the one of the things was the fact that uh, they were talking about the the changes in basically sort of money being available through VCs. And again, this is something that uh, Rudolf uh, talked about um, in previous episodes. But they they used a number of like strange euphemisms for how things were. Uh, how things had changed. And I want to just share a few of them because I kind of think they're just funny. Um, so the first one was, here it is. Um, 
uh, a softening up of external capital resources like venture capital. Uh, that was the first one. The second one was, um, oh, come on, where is it? There was a... You find fun stuff and then ask me where it is? I know, There's I know. Wrong with it, was, it, was, it was something about the, the money spigot being turned <laughs> off or something <laughs> like that. Just like ridiculous ways of describing that basically people are course correcting or correcting the uh, does this reminisce you a little bit from the the, the dot-com bubble bursting at that point it comes kind of the same thing right i mean we don't they don't have a yeah. catchy name for this one but it's the same thing overestimating a, bit, a little bit of bloated companies the sky was the limit i mean space was the limit at some point yeah and now it's a bit of a yeah, rationalization of things but again for the tech roles i'm pretty much i'm not going to exempt but we're definitely not hit as hard as uh, other more, can I call it supporting roles, perhaps? Yeah, maybe. Um, sorry, what, what I found the second one, which is with the money engine slowing down. Oh, we're printing our own money these days. Apparently well, so. I do work with government customers, so I guess I could say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, because like to me, like the dot-com bubble bursting was it was a major correction <laughs> in it was a yeah it was a major correction in um in the, across the industry and across like the world basically it was also a reflection of probably returning to something more sustainable more frankly accurate and directly value driven rather than the sky's the limit um things are just going to continue to exponentially grow no we don't know why that is but it's just have that's blockchain the way then. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um and it, it's just i don't i mean what would you call what's going on because it the pump i mean the dot com bubble bursting was also over a period of I want to say like the, the core of it was about six or nine months something like that yeah it took longer but it went deeper uh, for the moment let's assume that the layoffs are now kind of donish um, yeah. it's also a lot shorter period and I don't think it went as deep so mm. for for me I, again I, said, I think i said this in the interviews as well it's more of the the whole uh, pandemic era making things look differently and people not having the intelligence or not wanting to be able to see that the pandemic was going to end at some point and things were going to come back to some kind of normal again and it was a huge investment necessary to kind of scale up the whole remote working environments, the look at mm. Zoom, look at Slack and that side of the kind of companies to make that scale to the scale they needed. And I think they already knew at that point that once pandemic ends, things are going to go back down again. And yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're building Find something a new, new... A new normal, like a new exactly. level. Yeah. It's like, it, look at Airbus. When they built a new kind of uh, airplane, they need a lot of people to make something new. Once that new mm. thing is built... Even a better example, the gaming industry, the uh, video games. It's quite typical when a new game gets launched, these big co in studios hire a lot of people. And once yeah. the game is out, mass layoff because 
we don't need that people anymore. We need different people now. Yeah. Well, well, frankly, the 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 job is, the job is done, the work is delivered, and then things go into a okay. Maybe there's a bunch of DLC to produce that generally requires a smaller team because the bulk of the work is done. Exactly, and it's it's it, um, it comes in, in a different kind of way, which is why that industry is very much very very cyclic, very kind of um, peaks and troughs of of employment numbers. There's always a an ongoing level of of like base level of staff employment, but beyond mm. that, it's very, very spiky, yeah. very ephemeral, and very contract to contract kind of and gig. That's what surprises me because it's it naming a contract to contract. Well, that does not equate layoffs. If you have a contract for a job, yeah. when the job is finished, well, yeah, you have no more job, but you're not yeah. getting a layoff. And in the last decade, a lot of contracts, especially in the US, I would say, have gone from full term or how do you call that to short term, interim kind of mm. jobbies, like a lot less job security. What I'm thinking, and I have no proof of this at all, is that due to the shortage of people, people who are given steady contracts, long term contracts, indefinite contracts, even though the employer already knew it was going to be temporary and that kind of exaggerates the whole layout thing now, the layoff thing now. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fact is that it is far easier to make changes like this in the US. The employment laws are the way that they are. And, you know, as someone or as a, a pair of people kind of based in uh, outside of the US, it's it sort of life is very different. Yes. And it's sort of, uh, there is far more protection. Although, I mean, people can look it up on the on the internet. Um, the layoffs have struck close to home for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was not affected, but it is yeah. happening in this part of the world as well because a lot of the companies in Europe, especially in tech again, are subsidiaries of US companies. And yeah. when they, I mean, if you're a global company, you can't just limit your layoffs to US only because your employees wouldn't accept it, basically. I mean, why would the rest yeah. of the world be exempt except if there's diff real reasons, I mean, yeah, yes, like if, if if an organization is is selling very heavily and being very profitable in one area and not as profitable in another area, then that makes sense for them to make layoffs in the area that's not as profitable. Uh, we've seen organizations that have been having these layoffs. They've, they've made targeted decisions to um, lay off like entire divisions that they were not getting a return on frankly, and like we've seen that a number of times in the recent batches of layoffs. Uh, so maybe like there's there's one more thing on this particular article. I found the, uh, the the third jolly here, which is the money spigot is not flowing at the same rate as it used to be. Um, they plugged the leak. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So if we if we kind of switch uh, from well, this before I do that, I just want to go, go back ahead. to something you said that it's the type of uh, skill, the type of uh, knowledge, the type of experience that we have that kind of protects us from these layoff things. I, I was thinking when you said that, yeah, but it's all based on one single thing, and that's the ability to learn. Yeah, and the tech industry attracts people that are creative, are willing to learn, willing to keep on learning. I mean, I'm old, I'll admit it. I still learn new stuff every day and that's why I'm in the job. And mm. that's a kind of meta capability, if I could yeah. call it that, that kind of, the, regardless where you're working, if you're that kind of person where who's just active, creative, and is willing to move with the times and at the forefront of it, mm. it's the main thing that allows you to retain your 
I'm not going to say job, but uh, desirability. Mm, yep, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So to, to pivot from that a little bit, um, as we were kind of talking through prepping this uh, episode, as we do very rarely do, um, <laughs> we I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, okay, so if we're saying that while there's a lot of organizations out there that are shrinking, like where wherever there are organizations that are shrinking, there must also be organizations that are growing. And uh, so after a little bit of digging around, I came across the fabulously <laughs> named growjo.com, G-R-O-W-J-O.com, not a sponsor because we don't have sponsors um, of the podcast, but you know, it's frankly, it's a word I enjoy saying, growjo. Um, and it's got a, like an interesting index, apparently of 10,000, I haven't scrolled through the entire list, uh, 10,000 companies, uh, 10,000 of the fasting growing companies in 2022. And it's, it's kind of interesting. Like we're not going to talk about each individual company because frankly, I don't even recognize half of them at least. Uh, there are definitely some I recognize, but half of them I don't, but more sort of importantly, I think there are a few kind of interesting trends here that we can point out and also a few interesting, I think personally, I think risks, I think we can point out as well. But like, what, what do you, what do you see when you see this list? First of all, Jan? Uh, well, I see tech, a lot of tech, 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 tech stuff. And this list is not a technology list. It's a industry wide and whole world, whatever together list of anything and everything in the lower pages, you'll find things like retail, uh, HR businesses, whatever. But if you look at the top here, it's almost all technology-based, which kind of sings for what well, we're talking fin about. And fintech, especially. And fintech especially, yeah. Yeah. And this is one of the things where I, I said that we might identify some potential risks here. Like the, I think what we've seen so far in a lot of the organizations, not entirely, like there definitely some fintech companies have been affected, like Stripe and, and others. But the, the top of the list um, is some pretty um some pretty incredible growth and some maybe slightly less incredible revenue numbers um and part of me wonders okay like these fintech companies have been growing very fast in 2022 but is fin like there's been a lot of b2b organizations that have been you know, through the, the round B2B sales organization that have been moved through this first round of, of kind of fairly sizable layoffs and, and some B2C uh, as well, for sure. But um, not as much fintech has been affected so far. And my, if I were to predict, I think that the a lot of these, you know, a good chunk of these organizations will possibly start to struggle in the not too distant future like i don't i don't think this level of of fintech acceleration is potentially as uh, as sustainable as it, perhaps it looks on here but that's my personal opinion what do you think Jan? oh banks always make money whether it's a recession mm -hmm. or not i mean if you're in the banking industry you're pretty good the thing is fintech is a very broad term could be from stock market manipulation, sorry, offerings to <laughs> <laughs> to uh, normal banking in the streets to B 
Bitcoin mining is also fintech mm -hmm. these days. So I'm, yeah, I agree that some of these will, you should do due diligence here before you start looking at these companies, make sure that you know what they're doing, what their business plan is, their future plan is. Because, uh, I mean, I guess probably not the ones at the top of the list perhaps, because you would assume that if you have a, a revenue or a funding in the billion range, you should have something there. But I mean, it's such an overheated market these days, the whole financial industry. And I mean, I don't know too much about it because as a techie, I don't like financial environments for some reasons. I don't like to talk about money. I like to talk about bits and bytes more. So I don't really know a lot of these companies do. But yeah, I would say be careful. Yeah. Because it's very easy to kind of inflate these kind of companies' uh, results. I mean, that's mm. what they do in finance. <laughs> yeah, well, there, is, there certainly is that. Um, I mean, the, the top of the list here, as, as we've said, very fintech heavy. Um, as we kind of scroll down, though, it does get a little bit more diverse. So, you know, we've got some some delivery coming in here. Some IT security starts to make more of a, a prominent showing. I think Interestingly, that's interesting one, IT security that, that mm. that's coming up. I mean, security is a uh, is a problem in the world today. Uh, there's a yep. huge shortage of security people, even on the lower levels. So yeah. any kind of uh, skilling into security, uh, seam, endpoint security, whatever you want to call it, I would say that's a good way to go. Because uh, even though banks, as I said, will always make money, they will yep. always need to be secured. <laughs> agreed, agreed. But the other one that's kind of popping up is, you know, HR tech and staffing, which, you know, yeah. kind of makes sense. Like when, whenever you've got like a lot of people moving around, exactly. people being hired, stuff, people unfortunately being laid off you know organizations going through the kind of explosive growth that you you kind of see on on some of the right hand side of this column and again if you're not watching us on the youtube stream hey you could yeah you're missing out like obviously you can go and you know randomly click on links and stuff and that's good but you see how happy i just talked faces. about security man come on <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, I think the HR stuff, you're right, it's, a, it's bubbling up now, but it's mm. uh, a bubble with an end in sight, right? Because once the recession has hit uh, and it's done, has done its thing, they will be the last ones uh, laying off people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the other thing is, uh, uh, I, I guess it, it makes sense in some ways that um, uh, sort of like the, I suppose, fastest growing uh, makes sense. Like there's, there's one... I think one energy slash oil company in the the first kind of page of results, which also makes sense because you won't necessarily expect an energy slash oil company to grow that quickly uh, necessarily. But especially not now. I mean, with the whole energy crisis going on, I think they yeah. are very careful. I mean, it's, that's one thing you can say about oil and gas. They are traditional, but also careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're usually they're they're in it for the long haul, like. Whether it's infrastructure, whether it's you know oil and gas, like the, all of those things require huge investments. And frankly, yes, the the returns are astronomical, but only after, typically speaking, massive investments up front. Yeah, so stability is very important there. Mm. Um, like one of the interesting ones that I will call out individually, like Dremio, um, number thirty eight in the list. Um, you know, gone through uh, a 70% increase. They're up at like $81 million uh, of revenue. and uh, But they've <laughs> taken 
410 million in uh, in funding to get to that point so you need money to make money mm, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean as i say like there's still even towards the end of the the first page there's still a lot of a lot of fintech in it but i think jon you were saying that the the second page is um that's a, a little, little bit more, bit more diversity. diverse. Yeah, I mean, here you see things like environmental, real estate, uh, legal tech, which is a term I hadn't heard before. But mm. yeah, why not? Oh, tech. can we can we just can we just spend a few seconds on that? Like the legal industry. I'm sorry for anyone out there that's a sister or a lawyer. Careful. Like, <laughs> oh man, I, I the, my scars in particular come from like the the world of uh, you know property buying and selling which in the UK is a completely terrible experience for everyone concerned as far as i can figure out um, and yeah if if any of this legal tech is about kind of completely automating that entire process and procedure then uh, it should be number 1 it should be the first thing funded in fact we should we should stop funding anything else just to make that pain go away <laughs> Oh, rant over. Oh, I feel so much better now. Do you really? Not really, no. But I want to like I want to pretend to myself that I feel a bit better. Anyway, talk to us about the the diversity of page two. Uh, no, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to show it. I mean, there's some AI stuff there as well. There was some AI on the mm. first page too. Which, which is let's let's talk about that a little bit, because that's kind of interesting. Like the a year or like a couple of years ago, I would have expected AI related industry to be like funding all... yes hiring no yeah but this is this don't forget that this score is blended across you know uh, both funding employees revenue and employee growth like i i think a lot of the the ai ml kind of companies kind of grew pretty aggressively a couple of years back mind you we're also seeing them shrink um pretty aggressively now so i'm not sure they get gobbled up i mean uh, would you say microsoft is an ai company no oh they're one of the biggest I mean, ai providers of ai yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes these kind of lists hard to do if you're looking at real ai companies like the, which one does i just see here uh animoca brands interesting name from hong kong that's probably why um, I'm assuming that's a company with like five people having invented some kind of algorithm, a bit university linked, things like that. And once they have something sellable, they get gobbled up to some kind of conglomerate. And that's why you won't mm. see them in these lists too much. I mean, in the first bit had pony.ai or something like that. I love the name. <laughs> Uh, just the names themselves. I mean, compare that with the legal soft solutions from Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's why I think you won't see them up here too much. Because once, typically those companies get created by a bunch of people that already existed as a group together because they had built something nice. Yeah. They productionize that. And then they stay kind of stable. There are a couple of exceptions there. We've talked about some in the past that actually try to build a business around their products. But you always end up a little bit of a niche environment, perhaps. So yeah. you get gobbled up, get acquired, and join some broader platform, whatever, and yeah. disappear from this list. Yeah. So, I mean, the, to, to kind of wrap things up a little bit, I would say, you know, if you are in the position where, you know, maybe you're an organization that's, uh, that's sort of uh, running flat or maybe even shrinking, and you're looking for some potential inspiration, um, maybe... Rojo can help you out with some inspiration 
but be careful. Like the the just because someone's at the top of this particular list, that doesn't mean that uh, they're not about to explode in a giant ball of flames. Like the the market, the world, frankly, out there right now is very fragile, and there's a lot of change and evolution going on. So just really, really do your due diligence, um, you know, chat to as many people at that organization as you can, listen very closely for warning signs, like see if you can find people that maybe left there recently, you know, just really kind of dig in, um, especially if you're in a in a position where at the moment, okay, things aren't terrible for you. I, I'm, I'm always very nervous about giving people direct specific career advice because I don't want someone to, to come and tell me later, hey, I did what you said and my life turned terribly. But um, I would also say just because things are maybe comfortable for you or not uncomfortable for you, um, that's, that's not a reason to be held hostage by uh, a position or a role or a company that is is not where you want to be or is not evolving your career in the direction you want to do. Like the the challenges ahead that organizations are having are also opportunities for individuals that are motivated and excited and interested to go and try something new and try something different. So like I know that sometimes it can, it can probably seem a little bit kind of uh, depressing or a little bit um, overwhelming, but there's a lot of good stuff happening out there. There's a lot of really good organizations growing very successfully. And yeah, it's not all doom and gloom, despite how occasionally Jan and I possibly portray life. I never, I'm never doom and gloom. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a Chinese proverb, right? And of course, this is the English translation of it. May you live in interesting times. I and love that phrase. Stuff is definitely getting interesting now, so don't panic. Okay, if you need yep. a job now, take a job, take whatever you can get to get the money flowing in again. But... If you're not hurting, then don't panic. Just look around as usual. With a lot of layoffs means for employers, there's a lot of talent up for grabs. Mm. And for employees, there's always someone hiring if you have the right skill set. And if you kind of yep. listen to this podcast over the last seven years, we kind of try to inspire people to have skill sets that are marketable, that are desirable. Yep. Uh, especially in the tech world, we have it pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Right. Well, on that note, unless there's anything else from you, nope. then that is all the time we have for today. You can support this podcast, and I know you want to. I know you're excited to. You can become a Patreon, and every contribution really, really does help. And we appreciate from the very bottom of our heart all of our Patreons. We are on YouTube. You can enjoy watching Jon and myself's strange expressions, uh, watch us scrolling through web pages uh, and uh, generally ridicule us. You can like, you can comment, you can subscribe, you can hit the notification bell, all the YouTube things. You can also go to roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page and for more information about the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter using the at roaringelephant tag. And you can send your feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org should you be that way inclined. However, until next time, my name is Exponential Growth, Dave. And my name is Happy New Year, Jon. Happy New Year indeed. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then. Bye.